Turn your hymn books. Oh, there goes something. 254, please and thank you. 254. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. All right, 254. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know the say the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, 
Him with um, my salvation to you know, believe on His name, and then also to trust that He's coming to come back for us. Oh, I just thought tis so sweet to trust in Jesus day by day. All right, we'll have Pastor come do announcements. All right, just uh, I say a few things, but probably a little more than a few things. We have uh, men's prayer breakfast was going to be on the 30th, but if you remember. We have Dr. Joe Martin at Churchill the same day at 9 o'clock, so we can't really swing both of them. So we'll cancel men's prayer breakfast on the 30th. And uh, Dr. Martin is going to be at Churchill Baptist on Friday, starting at 6 p.m. with uh, dinner. And then I think it's at 7 or 7.15 is the first, uh, the first session, and there's going to be a second one after that. And then on Saturday the 30th, uh, starting at 9 with breakfast, it'll go... Uh, they'll have lunch, and then I think one or two sessions after lunch, and then call it a day. Um, so probably mid-afternoon sometime is when that'll be that'll be done. Um, so if you can make it to that, I know several have already committed that they plan to come. It'll be a blessing. I think they'll get a lot out of it, um, and it'll be it'll be good for all of us. And then also we have um, so this afternoon we're going to try to fit our um, choir practice in between the services instead of doing it at the end of the day. So after lunch, around 12:30, assuming we, you know, are pretty much wrapping up eating time, we'll shoot over here for like a 15-20 minute choir practice before the afternoon service. So that'll be the plan for today. Um, we also have, um, well, I'm going to save this one for last. So two more things. One. Our tent meeting with the Threns is coming up August 28th through September 1st. Um, so that's a Sunday through Thursday. Um, we'll have them with us. We've got a big tent coming from Dover Foxcroft from New Life Baptist Church. We'll set it up in the front yard like we did last time. Uh, last year, if you remember, I mean, granted, we had the Threns truck and camper out here, but uh, we had lawn parking and driveway full and it was a blessing so we had visitors every night from some from other churches and we had some come that were just coming because they uh, were interested and one man came from Windsor 
every single ser every single evening service, the whole week long he came. And I bumped into him, him in Hannaford a couple times over in South China and been able to talk with him and see how he's doing and invite him to come back. And So anyway, so the Lord used it prayerfully. We had one salvation last year. I didn't want to point that out too, and one baptism. Uh, so prayerfully, we'll, we'll get to see more souls saved this year at our tent meeting. Prayerfully, we'll have more folks come from the community, from the area, um, and God will use that. Um, and then also, September, I'm going to start putting this out there. We've got flyers out there somewhere over on this side. Um, family camp. Uh, remember, we do this every September. I know we haven't had a lot of folks who've been able to make it out, but it's September 14th. That's a Wednesday night. So what we, what we did last year, since they've been doing it on Wednesday, is move our midweek service out to South Liberty. It's under a tent. Um, and then it's, so it's that Wednesday night. Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday morning. Uh, I think it goes till like 9 or 10, and then, then they have cleanup. So the whole purpose of family camp is really to strengthen the home. And it's a, it's a joint effort with several churches involved. Our church goes, those that can. Uh, South Liberty goes. Obviously, they host it right now. Cornerstone Bible Baptist Church, Brant, my brother's church goes. My brother-in-law's church, Truth Baptist in Jefferson goes. Churchill Baptist, they they, they technically host it at South Liberty, uh, Churchill does. Uh, and then there's others too, I can't even think off the top of my head. So there's, well, actually Brother Jaron helps out with it from, uh, from I wanna say Oxford, but it's South Paris, Maine from Grace Baptist Church. So there's a great turnout. I wanna say last year, I think there was 120 or so, 140, something like that. Great turnout and it's, uh, you know, there's some single folks there, there's some, uh, there's, couples and families and the whole point of it is to strengthen your home and if someone doesn't have a home yet a family uh, it will strengthen them and prepare them for when they do so that's the whole idea behind it this year is add to your
All right, everybody glad to see you this morning. Say amen. Amen. Appreciate you being here, being in your place on Sunday morning. I'm going to do a little housekeeping here so that way I don't destroy nothing. All right, did you want me to put this on or is it good to sit there? Or? Yeah, you can put it on here. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number five. I believe is where we're at today. Luke chapter number five. Appreciate you being here, being in God's house. Appreciate you being in your place on Sunday morning. Amen. Appreciate the opportunity to come. I want to say again, thank you to those of you that came out yesterday for the training class. I always appreciate the opportunity to be able to teach that class because it means two things. One, it means that I'm getting to do what God's called me to do, but it also means that I'm getting to see some people come with me. Amen. And I appreciate you being part of that. Appreciate you being here for that. Uh, my name is Brother Matthew Frank. My wife Hannah, my son Titus, my daughter Savannah. Uh, they're at our home church this morning, but we're missionaries out of Granite State Baptist Church. They're in Concord, New Hampshire. Dr. Peter Chamberlain's my pastor and my pastor now for a little over two years, and uh, or right at two years. Has it really not been two years? Wow. So we've not been up here for two years yet, uh, but it feels like I've been up here all my life. But I, I love New England. God's called us here, put a love for this place in our hearts. Uh, we are working prisons and schools here in New England. And I want to talk a little bit about the schools first, and, because if I don't, it almost seemed like an afterthought. And it is the furthest thing from an afterthought in our ministry. Uh, but one of the things we do in the schools, we go into public schools, we go into Christian schools, private schools, pretty much any school. And we teach uh, character under construction. The character under construction curriculum is designed with over 160 different lessons. And it starts from the uh, kindergarten all the way up to the high school. We teach uh, those different lessons using biblical truths to illustrate different character traits that are needed in our society and that we need evident in our, in our Christian lives but in our daily lives as well. Uh, we have lessons we deal with honesty, integrity. Uh, we even have a lesson on cell phone addiction. Uh, Y'all know a young person is addicted to a cell phone? I do. I know several, but I know several older people that's addicted to a cell phone too. If you turn around and you leave your house, or you leave your house and you get five minutes from the road, five minutes down the road, and you realize you forgot your cell phone, you turn around and get it, chances are you may be addicted to that cell phone. So Brother Matthew, do you do that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Uh, especially whenever, because I use mine for my GPS, because I have yet to figure out New England roads, especially main roads. Uh, main roads make absolutely no sense to me. Uh, but I use mine on a regular basis. But here's the thing. We get so caught up in technology. You know, young people today don't even don't realize that there was a time that we actually had a phone book that our names, addresses, telephone numbers, everything was in, okay? And anybody could get a copy of it. And anybody could find out where you lived, all that, right? Now we have Google. We don't even know what a phone book is anymore, right? But here's the thing. That used to be normal. And then, from what I understand, I, I don't know anything about this. I'm not, I'm not old enough to know anything about this. From what I understand, there used to be a party line. And you never knew who was listening on that other end. So you wasn't having a private conversation over the phone. But nowadays, we got to have our VPNs, and we got to have our voice filters, and all kinds of different stuff on our cell phones. Cell phones are a great thing in their place, but they do have their place. And it's not, uh, it's something that our young people, but even our middle-aged and older people are addicted to, and it's something that we need to work on. I say we, because I'm part of that we crowd, okay? I preach a message out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Here's the thing. I am part of that weed crowd, amen? But I appreciate the opportunity to be able to teach those. Uh, right now, I'm in three different schools, um, down in, one in Maine, one in, or one in Maine, one in New Hampshire, and one in Massachusetts uh, right now. Lord willing, uh, there's a, actually a charter school, which is basically not the charter school. It's a uh, special school. And it's not special like special education, it's for troubled kids uh, that they're having a hard time in regular school and they have been sent there as a last resort before they go to juvenile detention. And Lord willing, I'll be reaching out to them uh, when we get back next month 
uh, to be able to try to get in there for the school year, at least halfway through the school year, so that, that way we can get involved in that. But do pray for open doors. Uh, New England is very resistant to change, and this program is new to New England, and as a result, it, I'm having a hard time getting it into any kind of public schools or anything like that. So do pray that God would open those doors. Typically, the way it works best is if we can start a Bible club, or if we have a teacher that will invite us in to be a guest in their classroom and we'll teach one of those lessons and then they invite the administration in and they can see the program in action. So do make that a matter of prayer that God will open that door. But we're also working prisons here in New England. Uh, God has opened up six different facilities or five different facilities for us thus far. Uh, right now I work three different facilities on a weekly basis uh, and then two of them I work on a monthly basis. I'm actually in all three state prisons in New Hampshire. Um, and I do a county jail in New Hampshire as well on a weekly basis. But I actually just this past week, uh, back in April, I did my training for the state of Maine and was all gung-ho and excited and everything. And then the chaplain ghosted me. Y'all know what ghosted means? There I go using that street talk. Uh, some of y'all know what that means. <laughs> I talked about that yesterday in training. Uh, it means that he just disappeared. He didn't, he never responded back to emails, anything like that. Well, I found out this past week, I went back and I'd been, look, I sent him an email about every week for the past three months and just never had heard anything back. So I went back and got involved in the email chain that we was in. And within 10, 15 minutes, I had a response and come to find out he's left the state of Maine as a chaplain, uh, which would explain why he no longer responds to my emails. Uh, but they have, they've lost, they lost my paperwork. They see where I went through the training, but they lost my paperwork, which is common within the DOC. Um, so I've had to resubmit my paperwork. Should hear something on that this week, but do pray that God would open that door up. Uh, Lord willing, be able to minister there in the state prison there in Maine, or there in Warren, rather, uh, and be able to minister there. But uh, do pray about here as well. Lord willing, this week I'll be reaching out to Somerset County um, to see if I can get some get a door open for y'all to be able to go in and start holding services there in Somerset County Jail and also the main state prison, all right? Take your Bibles this morning. Go with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 5. Um, Luke chapter number 5. I want to preach a message this morning, a familiar text, but I would encourage you not to let the familiarity of the text uh, make you turn your ears off this morning. I want to give you something uh, the Lord has spoken to me about this morning. Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 1. Luke chapter number 5. I'm trying to make sure I don't break nothing here on this microphone. Luke chapter number 5. I'm going to move that down just a hair. All right. All right, Luke chapter number 5, if you find your place, you're willing and able to stay in reverence to the reading of the Word of God, Luke chapter number 5, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1, and we'll read down through verse number 7, all right? Luke chapter 5, verse number 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the Word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were going out of them and were washing their nets. And he, came, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, prayed him that he would thrust, a little out from, thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word... I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. They beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that you've given me to stand and to preach your word one more time. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for this place. Thank you for these dear people. Thank you for this pastor. Lord, I count it an honor and a privilege to stand where no doubt many great men of God have stood. Now, Lord, I pray that you'd help me this morning. You give me a fresh touch, a fresh anointing. Give me a fresh feeling of the Holy One that I so desperately stand in need of to be able to preach your word. Put a watch care about my mouth this morning. Help me not to do or say anything that will grieve or quench your Holy Spirit. 
Lord, help me to do and say everything that you want said and done for your honor and your glory. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing here in Luke chapter number 5. Just a couple of things by way of introduction. Uh, here in verse number 1, we see the pressing for the scriptures. The Bible says in verse number 1 of Luke chapter 5, he said, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Whenever I come to church, I don't come to hear a book. I come to hear the Bible. I don't come to hear a lesson. I come to hear the Bible preached. And here's the thing. I'm not against books. I have a library full of them. I, we talked about that yesterday. I have a library full of books. But I, here's the thing. When I come to church, I'm looking to hear the Word of God preached. I'm not looking to hear what your thoughts are on it. I'm not looking to hear your opinion. I'm looking to hear what thus saith the Word of God. Amen. We see the pressing for the Scriptures. But then in verse number 2, we see the process that stopped. The Bible says in verse number 2, And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. This process of cleaning their nets, this was a necessary process in their lives. It was their livelihood. That's how they made their living, and they had to wash their nets. They had to, they had to wash them and stretch them out to dry, because if not, they'll rot and they'll break whenever they're put to the test. I'm convinced of this this evening, or this morning, the reason why that some Christians, whenever they're put to the test, they break, is because they've not been cleaning their nets. They've not been cleaning, they've not allowed the Holy Spirit of God to clean them from the inside out. We talked about that this morning. About So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. We get cleansed by, from sin whenever we allow the Word of God to enter into our hearts and our minds. He said, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So we see the process to stop. But then we also see the preaching from the ship. The Bible says in the last part of verse number 3, And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now here's the thing. I don't believe Jesus. I believe Jesus was a man's man. You can have your own opinion about that. People want to typify him as having long hair and having just stubble. Here's the thing. Jesus was a man's man. He was one probably like your pastor that could just grunt real hard and pop a beard out, right? But here's the thing. I'm jealous of that, all right? But here's the thing. At the end of I'm glad to know y'all are live this morning, amen? Uh, but I, here's the thing. When Jesus gets out there and he starts talking, from the ship, he was using that as a natural amphitheater. But no doubt, Jesus wasn't some sixty-five preacher. He wasn't somebody that just, well, take your Bibles this morning. And no, Jesus was a man's man, and whenever he spoke, he spoke with authority and he preached the word of God. So we see the preaching from the ship, but then we see the paying of the salary, verse number four down through verse number eleven. You got to understand this this morning. Uh, Peter at this point was not a was not a disciple yet. He hadn't been called yet. He was still working for a living. He still had bills to pay. He still had a family to feed. He still had those obligations that he had to be able to fish and catch fish in order to be able to take in order to be able to take care of those things. Simon in verse number eleven, verse number ten, and verse number eleven. That's when he gets called to be a disciple. Simon's not a disciple at this point. So he was, he was fishing, as was his trade. He was working to pay his bills. The Bible says in verse number 5, he'd worked all night, but he'd not caught nothing. You ever worked all night or all day and hadn't got nothing accomplished? I've, I've been there. You, especially when you're working with technology, you'll get in there and you'll start working on something on, on the computer, and it feels like eight hours has went by, and it, you look at it, and it's really only been two, but you still ain't got nothing accomplished. Went to the office and my, I went to the office and worked all day and get home and my wife said, well, what'd you get done today? And I have to stop and think, you know, I don't feel like I really got anything done today. But here's the thing. Peter has went out there on the, on the ship and he's fished all night and he's not caught nothing. So he needs a paycheck, right? But then Jesus, if, if I can say this, he commandeers his boat and he takes over his boat and Jesus says, I want you to push out a little bit from the shore. I want you to just push back. If you look there in verse number, uh, verse number three, he said and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. So he didn't say, hey, I want you to go out there in the deep. He said, I just want you to push back a little bit. But here's the thing. This whole process of cleaning the nets, this whole process of Peter making money has stopped. Why? Because Jesus took over his boat. 
But if you look in verse number 4 down through verse number 7, guess what Jesus does? Jesus says, all right, I commandeered your boat. I rented your boat. Now I'm going to pay my bill. He says in verse number 5, look at what he said. And verse number 4, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answering, of course he had to have been a Baptist, he said, Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And what does it say in verse 6? And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. When we first started deputation, this the next Sunday will be four years since I left my public job. And before I left my public job, can I just be honest, I was scared out of my mind. We had the conversation yesterday, don't misunderstand. It, there has been some scary times in my life in the last four years where I've wondered, God, are you going to pay this bill? <laughs> God, are you going to take care of this? But here's the thing, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. And this whole project last or this past May, and we may talk more about this in the afternoon service, but this past May we had I had the opportunity to be able to feed almost 900 people, 820 something correctional officers, another 15 police officers, and over 60 volunteers. But here's the thing: we had the opportunity to feed almost 900 people, but you know who paid the bill on it? God did. I didn't have eight thousand dollars, but God did. The challenge coins that we had printed up, they cost us over $4,000 to have the challenge coins printed up. We had 1,067 of them in it. Guess who paid the bill on that? God did. Why? Because it was His will. We started praying back in November of last year, asking God, God, what would you have me to do? Well, guess what God did? I want you to do a challenge coin. I want you to do a meal. You said, Preacher, do you know for sure God told you to do that? God paid the bill on it. Now, here's the thing. Hindsight's always 2020, but you know what I started doing in January of 2022 by faith? Started raising money because I was confident that it was God's will. Can I tell you this morning, God always pays his bills. You say, well, Brother Matthew, he ain't never done that to me. He ain't never sent me no check in the mail. I got a check in the mail just yesterday, as a matter of fact, praise God. But you know what? God ain't, you say, oh, Brother Matthew, God ain't never sent me a check in the mail. No, he just lets you work overtime. He just says, hey, we're going to go mandatory overtime this week because I know in a couple of weeks when they get that big overtime check, they're going to have an extra expense, and I'm going to go ahead and make a way to pay for that. I'm going to let them work a little extra down the job, or I'm going to make it where they can go help somebody move, and that person that they help move gives them $150. So, Brother Matthew, what do you say? I've been there, done that. God takes care of it if it's his will. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes we try to blame God for something that we shouldn't have done to start with. Am I right? You ever start doing something and you're like, and this ain't working out, let me just stop. Pastor, back in October of last year, we, we do a uh, Thursday morning and Thursday night service because he got to notice and the older people wasn't coming on Thursday nights. So he said, well, we're going to try this. And he said, if it don't work, I'll say, you know what, it's my fault and we won't do it no more. Joy, we're having just as many people in the Thursday morning service as we're in the Thursday night service. Why? It was God's will. So oftentimes, we don't trust God whenever, here's the thing, God owns, one preacher said this way, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and the taters under the hills too. God has it all. Jesus paid his bill. We see the paying of the salary. But can I give you, can I give you this real quickly this morning? And I, I promise you, we won't be long. I got four little simple things. Look in verse number four with me. Where Jesus begins to talk and he says, launch out into the deep and let down your what? Nets. Now, has your Bible got an S on the end of that? Then why is there not an S on the end of it in verse number 5? Verse number 5, look at what Peter said. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the nets. Verse number 6. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. So Brother Matthew, he did what God told him to. Did he though? God told him to let down the nets. Peter said, okay, I'll let down a net. So oftentimes, God say, hey, I want you to do this. I will say, God, well, I don't really believe you can do that much. I believe you can do a little bit, so I'm going to let down a little bit. 
Can I preach just, I got four simple, I promise you, this is simple as write the check. Four simple thoughts this morning on missing the blessing of God in your life. Missing the blessings of God in your life. Peter missed it. Peter should have let down the nets. That's what he was told to do, right? How often times does God say, hey, I want you to do this, and I want you to go fully into this, and I want you to move forward, and I want you to, I want you to sell out lock, stock, and barrel and say, God, this is what we need to do. This is what you've laid on my heart to do. Let's move forward. Let's do this for the honor and the glory of God. But how many times do we miss the blessings of God in our life when we say, God, I don't know you can do all that. I'll be honest, back in January of this year, it was intimidating trying to raise money. For something that people's like, a challenge coin? What is that? How many of y'all know what a challenge coin is? Two people know what a challenge coin is. You know how it is going into a church and saying, hey, I'd like to raise $5,000 to pay for these challenge coins. Uh, what's a challenge coin? Okay. It's intimidating. But God told me to do it. Well, then it just kept getting bigger and bigger, and I found out we had more and more officers and what I had planned on. And I said, God, I'm going to need more than $5,000. You're going to have to send in a lot more than that. Well, he did. He sent in $8,000. We, we ended the event. We had money left. We had about, I think we had about $20 left over. You know what God did? God paid the bill. But if I hadn't asked for it, would God have paid it? What does the Bible say? You have not. Because you ask not. When's the last time you asked God for something? You said, well, God, I want a better job. Have you asked for it? Well, God, I, want, I need a better paying job. Have you asked for it? Hey, here's the thing. We moved up here with 44% of our support almost two years ago. And I immediately, I was already begging God, but it got more earnest then. When your expenses go up two grand a month, and you're like, God, I need that money, and I need it now. <laughs> We're at 86% of our needed support now, but here's the thing. It wasn't because I wasn't asking. If I was, if I was sitting in my home church every Sunday, which honestly I would love to do, because you know what I'd be doing every Sunday afternoon? Y'all don't hold this against me. I'd have a rod and reel in my hand somewhere, and I'd go fishing every Sunday afternoon. I said, Brother Matthew, why? Because that's my day off. Okay? The world says, oh, you're off on Sundays. No. <laughs> Sunday's not a day off, okay? Whenever I leave this afternoon, I'll turn around and drive three and a half hours back to the house, and guess what? Then I get to drop my vehicle off, and I'll go home, and I'll spend a couple hours with my family, and I'll get up, and I'll do it all over again on Monday. But you know what? God's will. God's will. Missing the blessing. Well, can I give you four things? Number one, look at the command. Look at verse number four. The Bible says in verse number four, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep. Oh, no, 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 let's back up. I'm sorry. Verse number three. Verse number three. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would, what? Thrust out a little from the land. You know what I can see Jesus doing in this passage? I can see Jesus testing Peter and seeing what he's going to do. When we first started with Rock of Ages, I, I just be honest, it was a huge step for me to step out into ministry. I enjoyed pastoring. I wanted to pastor again. And God said, no, 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 I want you to be a missionary. And I said, oh, no, 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 you want me to pastor. And God said, no, 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 I want you to be a missionary. And I said, no, you don't. You want me to pastor. You'll call me to pastor. And God said, no, I want you to be a missionary. Can I just be honest with you? I love preaching. Love preaching. I'd preach to the squirrels if I needed to. Honestly, I literally, God lets me preach between five to seven times a week, every week of my life. I love preaching. I'm praying that God lets me be in 12 facilities by the end of the year. Why? So that that means I'm preaching at least eight to nine times a week. Why? I love preaching. And going to different churches and preaching didn't bother me. But going to different churches and saying, hey, will you support me? That bothered me. Because I've always been taught, well, you, you work for everything you got. Well, here's the thing. I am working for everything I got. The, in the last five years almost, I've put over a quarter million miles on my vehicle. I've wore out one vehicle. I'm working on a second. It's got 270, almost 271,000 miles on it. But here's the thing. 
I am working for what I've got. But it was taking that step of faith to say, God, I want what you want. And Simon said, hey, I want you to, or he told Simon, he said, I want you to thrust out. He was trying him. He said, hey, I want to see how far you'll go. Well, then he goes a little bit further in the next part. He says, I want you to not just thrust out, but I want you to launch out into the deep. Well, now we're going further than what we've ever went before, right? And God looks, or Jesus looks at Simon and he says, all right, I've got you to try this. Now I want you to try this. And I want you to go further than what I've ever taken you before. Peter says, okay. He don't even argue, does he? But then God says, all right, now that we're out here, we've got further than what we've ever gotten before. Now I want you to let down your nets. And this is where Peter says, oh, hold on just a second, big boy. I know better than you do on this one. You said, preacher, did he really say that? In my mind, when I read scripture, that's exactly how I hear Peter talking to the Lord. You said, preacher, why? Because I've heard Baptists talk to their pastor that same way. Amen? Here's the thing. Peter says, but Lord, you want me to do what? You want me to let down my nets for a drop? I can almost hear the, I, 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 the word fails me in the moment. I can almost hear the, the condescending tone that Peter has when he says, Lord, we've told all night. We've taken nothing. But you want me to let down a net? Are you want, no, no, no. You want me to let down the nets. You've got to understand, Lord, we've done work all this time. We've already cleaned these nets. We've already hung them out to dry. And you want us to dirty them again? And look at what Peter says. He says, I will let down a net. We see the command, number two. We see the contrariness of Simon. We see, the Bible says, he told all night. He's worked all night. You ever worked all day, worked all night, felt like you accomplished nothing? That's where Peter was. He told all night. The Bible says he's taken nothing. And here's the thing. Peter is a fisherman. And Peter's not just a fisherman. He's a commercial fisherman. So he knows where to catch. He has the latest and greatest of that day. He's not like us today. He doesn't have to have a fish finder. He just knows. Right? And Peter gets out there and he says, But Lord, we're on this lake of Gennesaret, which is also the Sea of Galilee. It's the same place. And here's the thing. Peter knew this, and it was well known to everybody. And that's one of the reasons why I believe the Lord was pushing him to say, Hey, I want you to let down your nets for a drop because now they're out in the deep water. And in the Sea of Galilee, this lake of Gennesaret, you didn't fish during the day. And you definitely didn't fish in the deep water. You fished at night in the shallow water. That's how you caught your fish. And Peter knew that. And we see the contrariness of Simon as he says, Lord, I I can't do that. But then he says, all right, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Go to verse number 6 and verse number 7. We see the catch that took place. Verse number 6, the Bible says, And when they, had this, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. He said, Preacher, what was happening? Well, they finally took action. After Peter arguing with the Lord, he, he let down, he partially obeyed. He let down a net. But God didn't tell him to let down a net. And here's the thing God's not telling you and I to let down a net. He said, Let down the nets. I don't know what, here's the thing. I know this. Whenever it was, when God asked us to go to Rock of Ages, it stretched me. This past week, or a couple weeks ago, I had a conversation with my pastor and explained, and it was, if I can say it, I, compl- I was complaining about some stuff. Y'all okay with that? I know I'm human. Shocker, right? And I tried to say it as I'm not complaining, I'm just explaining, but no, it was complaining, all right? And he looked at me and he said, you just need to suck it up. I know Pastor Chamberlain shouldn't have talked to me that way, I'm just going to... I'm so mad at him. I'm going to have to get out of church over this. No. That's what I needed to hear. You know, sometimes pastors have to have hard conversations with people. 
And sometimes they have to tell people things that they really don't want to hear. Pastor, you ever had to do that? I know I did. When I pastored, I had to look at the lady and say, you know what, you need to get right with God. He said, Brother Matthew, you shouldn't have said that. God's one team. Well, God gave me liberty too, so guess what I did? I told her. He said, Preacher, what happened? She got right with God and moved on. But here's the thing. Peter's said, we'll let down a net. We see not just the action, we see the affirmation that they actually did what they were supposed to do. The Bible, or did partially what they were supposed to do. The Bible says they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. And the Bible goes on and talks about the aggravation. It says their net break. Here's the thing. You've got the biggest haul of your life in your net, and it breaks. I was fishing the other day. I know. I keep talking about fishing. We're talking about fishing in this passage, okay? But I was out fishing the other day, and I, I, had, I just know that was the biggest bass I've ever caught in my life, okay? I know it was. But I got him about 15 feet from shore where I was fishing at, and guess what happened? My line broke. I was so mad, I was like ready to jump in the water and grab him if I could have, right? And I don't know if it was a him, it might have been a her, but whatever, I was trying to grab the fish, right? It was aggravating. But here's the thing, at the end of the day, what is Peter going through? He's getting aggravated. Why? Because the Bible says their net break. So preacher, what? why did this happen? I believe it happened because they didn't do what God said to. Now you can believe what you want to, but he was told to let down the nets. Not a net. How many times have we missed the blessings of God in our life because we simply did not do everything God asked us to do? How many times has God said, hey, I want you to take a step of faith? And we say, okay. And God says, I want you to, y'all remember playing the game, um, oh, Simon says, Simon says, take one giant step. Simon says, take one baby step. Y'all remember that? God's saying, hey, I want you to take a giant step. And Peter says, I'll take a baby step. How many times has God said, I want you to take a giant step of faith? And we said, I'll take a baby step. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, Peter and everyone that was around him missed out on the blessings of God for one reason and one reason only, and that is because Peter did not obey God. We see the contrariness of Simon. We see the catch. We see the consequences they missed out. So a preacher, they still had so many that the boat, both of the boats began to sink. Yep. But how many fish did they lose? Peter's a commercial fisherman. This could have paid for his, this could have paid his wage for however long, several months possibly. But he missed out. My dad, I'll tell you the story. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. While you're turning, I'll tell you the story. My dad, I was... I, I guess I was probably nine, ten years old at the time, maybe twelve. And uh, my dad came to me one morning. He said, "I want you to wash the dishes." I said, "All right." So I went in there. And so, of course, my dad was mil mil uh, former military, and he had a belt that doubled over, was about an inch and a half, uh, maybe an inch and three quarters thick, and he knew how to swing it. Okay, and I'll leave that to your imagination. All right, we didn't call them spankings when I was growing up. We called them whoopings. All right. And if you've ever had a whooping, you know the difference between a whooping and a spanking, right? But I, <laughs> sorry, little girl back there, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, sorry, cracked me up. Anyways, <laughs> forgive me. I need to see why you're preaching. Anyways, so he says, I want you to wash the dishes. I said, all right, that's fine. I go in there, I start washing the dishes. And then for whatever reason, I was washing them and I was drying them. And he said, I want you to wash, dry, and put away. That's okay. So I was washing them, drying them. They was in the drainer, stacked up nice and neat. And, uh, you know, everybody knows how to play Jenga. That's one of the reasons why Jenga was invented. So that way we knew how to stack a dishwasher drainer, right? It wasn't so we knew how to build things. It was so we knew how to stack a drainer up, right? But I stacked everything up, you know, and everything was in place. And I started grabbing a towel and I was drying things off, you know. And I went to put the pots away. 
And I, did, I decided I didn't like how the pots was in the cabinet. So I said, you know what, I'm going to fix this. I was the one that did the majority of the cooking anyway, so I don't like it. I'm going to fix it, right? I pulled every one of them pots and pans out of that cabinet. And you mamas in the room are like, you did what? But here's the thing. I, I'm going to fix it, right? My dad walks in there. I'm in the middle of doing it. My dad walks in. He says, what are you doing? And I said, well, you told me to wash, dry, and put the dishes and put them away. And I said, I didn't like how the pots and pans was in there, so I figured I'd rearrange it as I put them away. And here's what he said. He said, I didn't tell you to do that. He said, I told you to wash, dry, and put the dishes away. And I said, but Dad, I'm doing it. He said, but you don't understand. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Well, I'll leave it to your imagination what took place, but after that took place, I went back in, and guess what? All those pots and pans magically went back in the cabinet the same way they was in there to start with. And those dishes got dried and put away immediately. Why? Because that was what I was supposed to do. He said, Preacher, but God, Peter obeyed him, but he didn't obey him fully. And here's the thing as a Christian, as a church, partial obedience is still disobedience. Can I give you this? Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6, here it is. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, it's impossible. You know, there's times in my Christian life, can I just be honest? It's easy to preach the same message over and over again. And I said it yesterday in the class that I taught. One of the facilities I work, I, I deal with different inmates every week. I have different units every week. And Brother Pelkey, I could go in there and preach the same message every week. And that's the easy way. But here's the thing, and I mentioned it yesterday, just because I have the same inmates, or I have different inmates doesn't mean I, I don't have the same officer. And while I might be taking the easy route and preaching the same message every week, he's hearing the same message every week. You know what I'm communicating to him? I'm not willing to put the work in. You know what it takes to serve God? It takes work. You know what it takes to go out on Saturday morning visitation? Work. Because can I be honest with you? At 9 o'clock on Saturday morning, I ain't feeling spiritual. I don't know about y'all. Okay, At 7.30 this morning, I wasn't feeling spiritual. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, it takes work. It takes being willing to say, you know what? This bed feels real good, but I'm going to get up out of this bed and I'm going to go to church. I'm going to make it in time for Sunday school. I'm going to be there for Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Wednesday night prayer meeting. I'm going to make it a priority in my life. But then outside of that, whatever God wants for my life, I'm going to do it without hesitation. You know, I've got to the point in my Christian life that, and I'm going to say all the time because there are times that I struggle. But I've got to the point in my Christian life that most of the time whenever God says, hey, I want you to go do this. Okay, Lord. You know why? I've watched him do it before. And I've watched him meet it before. But then I've also been where Peter is and I've missed the blessings of God because I haven't done it. Here's the thing. I don't know. I, I know a couple of you this morning. I don't know many of you. But I do know this. Regardless where you're at, God's asking you to do something. And here's the thing. It may be something you're not entirely comfortable with. You know, we as Christians, we, we, think, we think, well, God, if you want me to do something, as long as it's inside my comfort zone right here, I'll do it. God wants us to get outside of our comfort zone. I'm not talking about going against Scripture. But if your comfort zone is here and God says, hey, I want you to come over here, can I encourage you this morning? Take that step of faith. Let down your nets for a draw. Have you missed the blessing of God? If you look in our text there in Luke chapter number 5, verse number 8, what does the Bible say? It says that, Luke, or that uh, Simon Peter repented and asked God and got right. 
said, Preacher, I've missed the blessing of God. Preacher, God's asked me to do something, and I've, I haven't fully committed. Can I encourage you to do just what Peter did? Get right. And once, God, once he gets right, what does God turn around and do? He calls him to be a disciple. What is it God's asking you to do this morning? What is it God's saying, hey, I want you to do this for the honor and the glory of God. Not so that that way you can be seen of men, but so that that way I can use your life for the honor and the glory of God. Are you missing the blessing of God this morning? As a church, as an individual, are you missing the blessing of God? Because it takes a step of faith that maybe we're not willing to take. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity you give me to stand and to preach your word. Lord, I count it an honor and a privilege to be able to preach the word of God. Now, Lord, I, I don't know the hearts and lives of those that are here, but Lord, you do. And Lord, I, Lord, as the pianist begins to play, Lord, I pray that you would, even now, begin to work on the hearts and lives of those that are here this morning. And Lord, I pray that you'd help them to make decisions for your honor and your glory. We'll thank you and we'll praise you for it's in your son's holy, wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen and amen. As the pianist plays, if you need to do business with God, you do business with God this morning. Well, we have every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you just slip your hand up? <clears throat> I've never called on Jesus Christ to save me from my sins. That's you today. You don't know where you're going to spend eternity. Just slip up your hand. I'll ask this question. Maybe you're here today and you say, I've never shared my faith with somebody. This afternoon, I asked Brother Frank to do a study on how we share our faith. How do we talk to somebody? What, what should that look like? What can that look like? And just to give some help to all of us, myself included. Maybe you'd say, there is something God wants me to do. I know what it is. Maybe you've called somebody. Maybe you haven't. God wants to use every single one of us, but it takes faith. Hebrews 11 says. Just take a couple minutes. We'll give folks some time to pray, and then we'll, we'll close.
our Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for the message from the Word of God. For the ch- thank you for the challenge to live by faith, to obey you by faith. Uh, Lord, I just pray you'd help us to be obedient. Help us to be sensitive to you as you work in our lives and lead and guide. And as we know what you want us to do, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have faith, be willing and obedient to step out. Lord, I just pray you'd work in each and every one of our lives as individuals. Pray you work in each and every one of our lives as families, each and every one of our homes. And Lord, I pray you'd work in our church and help us to uh, grow in our walk with you and to be sensitive to your will for us. And Lord, I just pray you'd help us to be faithful and to live and to make decisions by faith, Lord. Father, I pray you bless each and every one who's here today. Thank you for the message. Thank you for Brother Frank and for his ministry with Rock of Ages and, and going into the prisons and helping churches like ours get into prisons and uh, be able to preach and witness to the inmates, Lord. I pray that you use the ministry, uh, Lord, in New England and also use our church in this ministry, Lord. I pray we'd see many souls come to know you as their Savior. I pray we'd see them discipled and grow and, and when they get the opportunity to be out of prison, Lord, I pray they'd be, uh, they'd be faithful servants for you. Lord, I pray you bless the food to our bodies next door, bless the fellowship. We thank you and praise you for all you do. In Jesus' name.